Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. Happy Monday. I am so excited for this episode. Um, I say Monday, but really I'm recording this on a Friday. But you know, when you're listening to it, it's Monday. So I'm super, super excited for this today's episode. Um, Something cool is that I was invited to this website. It's called like Podmatch. And so what it's kind of like, it's it's like Tinder, I guess, but to match you with people who are like, who are willing to be interviewed like on podcasts and they have to match like a set criteria that you, that you post about your podcast. And so I'm so, so, so excited to have my first guest on today um, that I've officially matched, quote unquote, matched with from this uh, website. She is a woman from the States who is, her whole premise kind of is about increasing happiness and using hope for healing and having hope to heal from like traumatic events and um she talks about like increasing happiness building confidence and self-esteem uh strengthening relationships and marriages managing stress relieving and alleviating symptoms of depression and anxiety and i'm super excited to have her on today so we're gonna have her on in um a few minutes uh but in the meantime uh it's been a busy week Uh, i've been prepping kind of the last couple the last week with um, scheduling things and and getting these these interviews ready for you guys. So I apologize for missing last week's episode, but we are back. We are here. Um, life's also been busy. Report cards were due for me for school. I um, had a midterm for my course uh, and just my birthday's coming up. So like it's just been it's been super busy, but um I'm like I said, I'm really, really, really excited to have Linda on with us later today. Um, it's just kind of cool to be able to get like a different kind of perspective, right? And so this is this podcast has mostly been about like my perspective on on how we should be treating ourselves and our relationships based on like my little bit of experience and my experience in therapy. And sometimes, like like I said, my well, like you guys know, my friends come on and like we talk about things and like how we're feeling and how we overcome those those difficulties. But it's really cool when you have like an outside perspective. Um, and an outside experience, um, experiences from others and just kind of hearing like how, how they got through their tough times. And I think that, um, that like, it's just building your toolbox, right? And it's building strategies for yourself to help you become a better person become a better person for yourself, become a better person for those around you, relationships, and just an overall better version of yourself. So let's take a quick break and then we'll get her on. Right, so I am really, really excited. I have this special guest who's finally here. Um, her name is Linda Bjorg, and um, she comes with us from in the United States, which is kind of cool because I'm in Canada. <laughs> and uh, I just met her recently, actually. So, uh, hi, Linda. <laughs> Hello, Shelby. I'm so excited to be here with you today. How are you? Fantastic. That's awesome. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. Just from, you know, work all day today, so of course. just finished that up teaching my little day. kids. 
How, um, what did you do all day? Oh, you know, we actually are getting over COVID. Yeah. So any day that I have any energy whatsoever is a good day. So kind of we've been just doing some recovery day. Yeah. Is it still crazy down there in the States with that? You know, I don't know what the stats are, but in this particular house, we got it oh that's amazing (laughs) that's that's amazing that's amazing um so i'm really excited to have you today just because like your story and stuff and like what i've researched about you um i'm really excited for you just to kind of tell your story and tell like kind of what you're about and and your whole hope like background stuff so do you want to just tell my listeners about how you started and like what you've kind of grown with Oh, absolutely. So do I get to introduce myself then? Of course. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So my name is Linda Bjork, and I am a woman of faith, and I am an advocate for hope and healing. I am a compassionate humanitarian. I am a gentle and powerful influence for good, and I am a servant leader. This is who I am. This is who I choose to be. And what I do is a reflection of who I am. Like yourself, I'm a podcast host. My podcast is called Linda's Corner, Faith Family and Living Joyfully. And it is my privilege to interview with awesome people from all around the world to bring quality content that motivates and uplifts and inspires. And I'm also an author, and I've written several books, including Crush, A Journey Through Depression, You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. I did not know that, actually. 30 Days to a Better Marriage, 30 Days um, to uh, Alleviate Depression, and many more. And most of these books are available to download for free. I did not know that. On the Hope for Healing website. They're actually all. You can experience all of them, whether it's a download or as an audiobook. And I just, Hope for Healing is the nonprofit that I created to help empower people to become their best selves. Because we all need a little help to be able to, you know, be all that we can be instead of pulling back. And so we have free audio courses. We have free books. We have articles we have all these incredible resources at hopeforhealingfoundation.org so i invite your listeners to come and see what it is that we have to share that's amazing so i thank you <laughs> so i created these things these books and this you know started the podcast and created this nonprofit because i was a mess You know, sometimes we have to become a mess in order to fix things and then be able to pay it forward and help other people. So, Shelby, I don't know if you're familiar with the Japanese art form called Kintsuji. No, actually, no. Broken pottery, and then they repair it using a mixture of gold dust mixed with lacquer. And it creates something that is new and beautiful, and it's actually stronger than it was before it was broken. So it transforms from broken to beautiful. And my story is a story of transformation from broken to beautiful. And there's different kinds of broken. For example, um, say you're crossing the street, you accidentally drop your cell phone and the screen cracks. And you think, oh, dang it, I broke my phone. But you might just keep on using it because it still works. Yeah. So for me, my basic brokenness was lifelong feelings that, I'm not good enough. I don't matter. In fact, I'm invisible. I felt kind of broken, but I could still function and live my life just fine. 
Now there's another kind of broken. Say you're crossing the street, you accidentally drop your cell phone, and then a truck runs it over. It's like, oh, now we have a different situation. <laughs> it's not just broken, it's crushed. And it doesn't function very well. And so for me, that being crushed was struggling with depression and anxiety. And it felt like my comfort zone just collapsed yep. safe not anywhere or with anyone and no matter what the circumstances were I couldn't feel happy and it was really frustrating so what was that truck that ran me over well we all have challenges and struggles in our lives and I'm no exception I um I've dealt with poverty and I've dealt with sickness like COVID check, <laughs> check. and um I've dealt with trauma lots yep. of trauma I've had my mouth wired shut for six weeks oh my God. to help my, well, my broken jaw so that it could heal properly, during which time I couldn't speak and I couldn't eat except for what I could suck through a straw. Oh. I've also survived a catastrophic engine failure in flight in a small airplane. Oh, my God. Where there was a huge explosion and smoke started pouring out. Oil started leaking like blood and plane was shaking. And I thought, well... I could die right here, right now. <clears throat> it was obvious we weren't going to make it to a runway. And so it was just a matter of where are we going to land? Yeah. That we don't die and we don't hurt any people or property on the ground. That was scary. I've also arrived at the scene of a motorcycle accident in time to see my son's broken body lying in the middle of an intersection, surrounded by flashing lights and emergency personnel. And that's an image that I'll never forget. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. He did survive. Oh, thank um, God. <laughs> I've also, um, I had a beautiful teenage daughter who needed some outpatient surgery. I took her in. It was a simple female matter thing. It was some cutting and cauterizing. And when it was done, the doctor said, okay, take her home, put her to bed, let her rest. And then, um, you know, just watch for blood clots and watch for infections. So I came home, put her to bed, and every half an hour or so, I'd tiptoe into her room and peek and see how she was doing. And then after a couple hours, I got a text. And I'm in the kitchen, she's in her room, and she says, Mom, will you come to my room? I need to show you something. I said, okay. So I came in. I said, you're awake. I'm so glad. How are you doing? And she didn't answer me with words, Shelby. She threw off the covers, and she was soaked in blood. Oh, my God. stressed all the way down to her feet. And there aren't words adequate to describe my terror and my panic. And I also had horrible guilt because I've been checking on her the whole time. I thought she was okay. And in reality, she was bleeding to death. Oh, my God. I've also been awoken in the middle of the night with a phone call that my nine-month-old grandson had a seizure and he wasn't expected to make it through the night they life lighted him to primary children's hospital where they did emergency surgery to try to relieve his brain the pressure on his brain <clears throat> followed by another delicate brain surgery where they went from the top all the way down through the bottom to try to correct the problem and to preserve his life and they did preserve his life but during this ordeal he did sustain brain damage I have another grandchild who was diagnosed with cancer at age five months. So we all have challenges and trials and struggles in our lives. And we do the very best we can to be able to handle it and to move forward. But sometimes things happen that are so big 
or so unexpected yep. or so many things in a row that we don't handle it very well. Oh my gosh. And when that happens, we can become overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. If we're not careful, we can slip into depression. Yep. And that is what happened with me. And it was as if I had fallen into a deep, dark pit. And it was so deep that sunlight and hope and happiness could not reach me. And there were no windows and there were no doors in this dark place. And I thought, this is my new reality. And from here on out, this is going to be as good as it gets. And the best I can ever hope for is to endure in misery for the rest of my life. And I was in that place for about five years, but almost no one knew because I was really good at Uh masking. And people thought I was doing fine. I had it all together. I took all the energy that I had and used it to keep that mask going because that's, I didn't want anybody in my business. Exactly. And then um, my sister, she invited me, she was training to become a a life coach and she was preparing this women's retreat and she'd rented a condo in the mountains and she was going to um, invite this group of women and teach them how to be happy and live fulfilled and all this awesome stuff. And she had no idea what I was going through, but she invited me to come. And when I got her invitation, I thought, ah, there's no way I can't do this. I, I cannot be around strangers day and night. Tell I my story and people. Yeah. Without falling apart. Yeah. And besides, there's nothing that's going to work because I'm stuck in a hole and there's nothing that's going to work. So I didn't want to go, but I, it wouldn't leave my head. And so I gathered my courage together and I went Aww. and I'm so glad that I did because that decision changed my life really if my sister lowered a ladder down into my deep dark hole and she showed me a way to climb out and it was very much a ladder it was not an elevator it was not instant at the flip of a switch and the press of a button it was hard and it took time and it took effort but it worked really learned that healing is not like flipping on a light switch it's not instant it's more like a sunrise where it's gradual and the changes from moment to moment might be imperceptible but they do come and how like what was it that like flipped that switch if you don't mind me asking excellent question for me the the beginning because the healing part was not the flipping of the switch yeah. but the changing of my mind and i would love to get into that a little bit yeah i believe that every journey to healing begins with hope and hope is an acronym and h stands for having a hunger for healing and for for happiness really yeah everything requires first a desire I've learned that if you're happy with the way things are or satisfied with the way things are, not necessarily happy, nothing changes. It it starts with a desire, but not just a little bit. It has to reach a tipping point. And the tipping point is when you want to change more than you want to stay the same. And so for me, you know, when I was broken, shall we say, and just thinking, ah, you know, nobody likes me. I'm nothing. I was broken, but you know what? I was fine too because yeah. you just, keep you just fake it till you make it exactly yeah. but when you're to that point where you're so miserable that uh-huh. I 
need to change more than I need to stay the same. So that's the first part. Yeah. The O stands for being open. And when I was struggling with depression, anxiety, oh my gosh, tight, 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 just like a little armadillo rolled up in its shell and they do that to protect themselves and yep. that's what I was doing because I I was in survival mode. Yeah, 100%. You can't feel that way. We have to be able to start opening up. And for me, that first step was opening up to my sister, to another person saying, "I'm not in a good place." How did you how did you be how were you able to like trust that person though because that's what I find a hard time having is like trusting the other person to like share those feelings with That is an excellent question and not every single person is trustworthy are they <laughs> Yep and we have to and as when we're feeling especially vulnerable it takes finding someone that we can open up and we can trust mm-hmm. too so here's what I did or my experience with my sister that thing that kind of pushed me over the edge a little bit from fearing to I'm going to do this I'm going to do this yeah. and we had a conversation on the phone and where I just said you know I kind of would like to come to your thing but I'm scared and I said I'm not in a good place and her response to me was the thing that made the difference she said really I had no idea. You always look so put together. Yep. But I understand because everyone thought I had it all together when in reality I, I was miserable inside. But now I am genuinely happy. And those tiny little things, one, she didn't judge me. She made me feel like she understood, like Oh, I felt that way too. And then the second part was saying and now I'm genuinely happy. It was like, oh, maybe just maybe she might have something that could actually help me. And it, it kind of opened the door just that teeniest teeniest bit to the possibility of hope that maybe things could be okay and in fact that's the next letter in hope is p mm-hmm. p stands for positive expectancy and positive expectancy means you're expecting a positive outcome that's hard for me <laughs> it is it's a very challenging thing especially like i understand from that place of darkness where it's like nothing works nothing makes any difference and i feel like oh i've tried everything yep when Actually, I hadn't, but it sure felt like I had. So what what that, did your what did your sister do differently that like kind of changed your perspective on that? That conversation we talked about, it was so small yeah. and so simple. Those two things, I understand, mm-hmm. and um, I have some actual information that can help. That that opening up, that hope, and that possibility. Yeah. So that's the next thing. The E stands for empowerment. When we're struggling with depression, anxiety, victim mentality, any of these kinds of things, we feel powerless. Yep. We have to be able to get our power back. And power is is a concept that's often misunderstood. Some people think, well, that means I can boss other people around, but I don't actually care about bossing other people around. I want the power over me, the power to feel comfortable in my own skin, the power to be 
confident, not arrogant, but confident. And the power to know that I can handle my challenges and that everything is going to be okay, even if I don't know what okay looks like. And the way that we get that power is through a combination of learning and doing. So education is very important. It's an important first step. But if we just learn something and then don't do anything, it's not self-help. It is shelf-help. Interesting. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. So it's that combination of learning and doing. And it comes through a series of small, simple action steps. And it's so amazing because through MRI um, tests, they're able to prove that we can make significant, measurable changes in our brain chemistry and in our um, brain function by changing the things that we think, that we do, and that we say. And that is amazing because it gives us some power where it feels like, you know, gosh, I feel so helpless. I feel like there's nothing that I can do. Nothing makes any difference. Everything is, you know, I, I, I'm powerless. But when we learn that we can do things that change our bodies and our brains and our minds, all of a sudden it puts some of that power back in our hands. And that is absolutely magical. So let's talk about um, confidence and self-esteem just yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I actually had a question for you about that. Well, so I was looking, like, when I was, um, when we were talking, and I was looking at your website and just, like, looking at, like, the different things you talked about and what have you, I saw that you mentioned, like, habits, um, different habits you have can, like, sabotage your own happiness. Um, Absolutely. Do you think that, like, those are the same habits that sabotage relationships we have with others and ourselves? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You've probably seen the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I mean, there are certain things that we can do, and it doesn't matter how, who you are or what qualifications you may have. If you follow some specific types of behavior, Mm -hmm. it is going to turn people away. Yep. So we have to switch our habits and the way that we do things to create those positive types of um, habits and, and positive experiences so that good things come into our lives. We're not chasing away the awesome people that want to be part of our lives. We are attracting the awesome people that we want. In and our like, lives. how would you recommend people to do that? Because I know for like, for me, for sure, I'm definitely like a victim of self-sabotaging like myself and relationships that I'm in or like friendships romantic relationships or what have you so like what kind of like what would be your tips to people who are faced with that kind of problem excellent question so I'm going to give a couple specific things yeah but I'm also going to invite people to come to the hope for healing website where there I'm going to share lots and lots of tools because some of the things that I share you might think oh I like that or no I don't like that that's stupid (laughs) and so what we want to do is have a variety of choices of things that can work so we can create kind of a tool belt of our own of our own set of tools that that we we like and that will work for us so when we're working on things like confidence and self-esteem we want to make just like a one percent improvement we're not worrying about trying to overhaul everything we're not looking at anything overwhelming or huge but one small thing 
So if I'm going to suggest one thing, mm-hmm. I invite everyone to grab a pen and a piece of paper and write the words, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And then repeat that over and over again, as many times as it takes. Now, this idea of just kindness, does that make any difference? Well, I'm going to explain a couple reasons why it does. One thing is our self-talk. Usually, our self-talk, those things that go through our minds are very, very negative. And we say things like, oh, why can't I do anything right? What is wrong with me? I'm so stupid. Ah, why do I always drive people away? Why do I say things like that? Story of my life. (laughs) Over and over with these negative thoughts. Well, there is a phenomenon called the mere exposure effect. And the mere exposure effect is when we hear something repeated over and over again, we tend to believe it. And it's crazy. Researchers are like, this doesn't even make any sense because we think we're rational, intelligent human beings. And yet, almost universally, if you hear something over and over again, whether it's true or not, we believe it. That's facts. (laughs) So if we are repeating over and over again, why am I so stupid? Why am I such a failure? Why can't I do anything right? By repeating those things over and over again, you believe them. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not. You believe it because you tell it you, you tell yourself that those things over and over again. Now, the the flip side of the mere exposure effect is once we believe something, we instinctively then fight to defend and protect it. So someone might say, oh, Shelby, you look great today. You did such an awesome thing. And I mean, that's exactly what we want to hear. We want people on the outside to tell us that we're awesome and to build us up and to fix all of our problems. That reassurance piece. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But when it happens, our inside says, oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't deserve that. And I can't do anything right. And I am too fat or too this or too that or too the other. And so we are sabotaging ourselves by fighting those very things that we're craving. I mean, we're craving people to tell us that we're good. 100%. We're hoping with all of our hearts that that things are going to change from the outside and they're magically going to fix. I mean, all of a sudden, man, I'm going to look awesome and I am going to get a whole bunch of money and I'm going to have a nice house and I'm going to wear nice clothes and I'm going to drive a nice car. All these things are magically going to come into place and I'm going to have 50 million followers on social media and all this stuff. And then, and then I'm going to feel great. And the truth is, it comes from the inside. Yeah, it's like you're looking for the, like that extrinsic motivation to kind of reinforce right. like your your insecurities and stuff. Very true, mm-hmm. and yet it doesn't work, especially if our shields are up and we're rejecting the compliments that do come in. Yeah, because they do. I mean, maybe they don't come as often as we'd like. But they come, and when they come, we usually swat them away like flies. Ooh, don't tell me that I did a good job. Get rid of that. You know, instead of just saying, yes, thank you. That's just what I wanted. So my first suggestion, again, is to grab a pen and a piece of paper and then to write the words, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. 
And then when that thought comes into your mind, like you're getting ready for bed and your to-do list is half done, it's like, oh, can't I do anything? Stop. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself and disrupt that cycle of negative self-talk. Now, does this kind of thing make any difference? I mean, it really seems like a small and simple thing. Yeah. But I have a friend that I spoke with not too long ago, and he grew up in a very, very abusive, horrible situation. Mm -hmm. His mother actually cut his finger off when he was four years old. Oh, my God. His mother abused him, and his stepfather abused him, and his grandmother abused him. Every person in his life who should have been loving and protecting Mm -hmm. him, instead, they were hurting him. And he grew up, as you might imagine, feeling like he was worthless and he was no good. He turned to alcohol and to drugs to numb the young. And then he went from, you know, to dealing drugs and stealing cars. But when he was a teenager, he had a couple of his friends were murdered and his uncle was sentenced to life in prison. And he thought, oh, I know where I'm headed and I don't like this direction. I need to solve my problems. And he thought, what, what, what could do it? What would do it? He thought, I grew up in poverty and there was stress about money. So it's got to be money. I just need money. Yeah. So he set a goal for himself. By the time I'm 21, I'm going to earn six figures legally. <laughs> and, um, and he did, even though he didn't actually have a high school diploma. Somehow he managed wow. to get this job at a prestigious company and he was making six figures. But it didn't solve his problems Mm -hmm. like he thought it would. In fact, it made things worse because he didn't feel worthy of the things that he he was receiving. And then he was turning to food and alcohol and drugs to try to numb. And he became horribly, horribly obese. And he was miserable. And one morning he was eating chocolate cake for breakfast and he looked in the mirror and he said, this is not it. What could it be? Yeah. And he said a couple thoughts came shooting into his mind. One was to grab a paper and a pen and write, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And then he also had the thought, you need to get your act together with no excuses. And he did. He had to make huge changes in his life. He had to lose over 100 pounds. He had to get over his addictions to food and to alcohol and to drugs. He pulled himself together. He went to all of his therapy sessions. He started to open up and to be vulnerable instead of just trying to say what he figured other people wanted him to say. And now he's a coach and he helps other abuse survivors. Oh, wow. And the first thing he always tells them is to grab a pen and a piece of paper and write, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And I thought that was so fascinating Mm -hmm. because here he was trying to overcome a life of abuse and, and cruelty from other people. And the first step to really healing was coming from inside of him. Yeah. And the cruelty that he was doing to himself. And so that is the first step. Now, another thing that we can do um, that would be an action step, and I call all of these action steps, you learn it and you do it. So the learning is, oh, I should be kind to myself. 
to do it is to actually write it down. And then when those negative thoughts come in, stop and say, no, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. It's like putting a sticky note in your bathroom with that on the mirror. <laughs> Absolutely. Put sticky notes everywhere. <laughs> Sticky note, sticky note in the car, in the bathroom, on the mirror, just everywhere. And just remind yourself. So that's the first step is being kind. And that can transform your life. My, um, I saw like, what was that? I was going to say, um, so like, obviously you don't know that like I've, I've had a lot of traumatic experiences happening to me, but one of the things my therapist has said is like, you can't control the thoughts and behaviors that other people have done to you and like that other people have done in your life that has contributed to those traumatic events obviously and so like the thing you're saying is kind of like admit like admitting to yourself that you're in power of those thoughts that you feel about yourself not the opinions of others and not like the behaviors of others and stuff like that so it's kind of cool how like you both have said kind of the same thing (laughs) isn't that interesting yeah When, when you hear true principles they are going to repeat Mm-hmm. And we might present it in a slightly different way, but those elements of truth are going to repeat because truth is truth. Exactly. And that makes all the difference. 100%. So we can't say, okay, I'm going to like myself once everybody else is nice to me and once everybody else likes me because I don't have any control over what they think yep. of me. And the magic is once we love ourselves then we don't care as much what other people think. Because I know that if you like me, and I would love for you to like me, (laughs) that's great. But if you don't, that's not my problem. Yep. It usually comes from inside of them. Whether it's their own insecurity or maybe they watch you do something and it triggers, triggers something like, oh, I do that and I hate it when I do that. So I don't like you or something like that. Yeah. Something that you mentioned um, when you were talking about your your experience there and like where your story kind of originated from. So my mom, um, so I'm the oldest of four daughters and my mom a couple it would have been eight years ago now in October, she lost her first son when he was 15 days old. And um, the way you were talking about like loss and like how like you experienced um, so many traumatic events with like your your child and your grandchildren and stuff like that, it kind of like reminded me of what my mom's gone through and kind of like how that has impacted her and impacted um, our family in, in its entirety, so to speak. Um, and that's like what you were mentioning is kind of like a nice thing I can kind of remind her of too, because that's, I know it's a PTSD effect that's still affected her to this day. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I understand those things mm-hmm. that you're explaining because as our parents experience their own things and there are things that as a child that we want and things that we need. Mm-hmm. And if our parents are not in a place to be able to give those things, it leaves a hole. Yeah. It leaves a hole. And it's hard. Heart. And if you remember, I said I had brokenness and crushed, and brokenness came through my experiences with my mother, Mm -hmm. who had a traumatic experience, and as part of her defense mechanism, she just shut me out. Yep. And when we're children, we have a tendency to try to explain our world as best as we can. Life is lived forward, but it's understood backwards. Yeah, 100%, I agree. Child, you're doing your very best. And I thought, whoa, something happened. I must have done something so bad 
And the way, like when he passed, it was around my other younger sister's birthday. So like, I, I like the when when he was born, and between, so he was born on October first and passed away the fifteenth. And my sister's birthday is October tenth. So I can see how, like, in the middle of that, my sister would have gotten that kind of side effect of what you're mentioning there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Where we just we we try to we try to understand our world. <clears throat> and we end up blaming ourselves yeah. because we don't understand. It sounds like in your family, in your situation, that you understand the backstory yeah. about why things were the way that they were. It's just hard to kind of like, it's hard to like swallow, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we have to go or allow ourselves to go through that that grieving process. Oh, for sure. Where we feel the denial and we feel the anger and yep. then we feel all of these things. And then eventually it's, okay, this happened. It did. It happened. And it's not my fault. Yeah. But it's now I get to choose how I respond. Exactly. And like how you choose to like live going forward with still like in his memory, but like still recognizing like you still have your, your four daughters, for example, like you still have them. So like he's still in memory, but you can still move forward from that. You can still move forward from that traumatic experience or that crash or that death or whatever. And like still love that, but still love what you have as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And as your mother heals, which hopefully she will choose to do, but that her healing can actually be separated from yours. As you realize, you know, I was affected by this, Mm -hmm. but now I understand why. And I can let that go. It doesn't affect who I am. It doesn't affect my worth. It doesn't affect my value. The reason I was treated X, Y, and Z is because my mother was dealing with her grief. Yeah. That's hard for me. (laughs) I think, oh, she did this because I'm useless and I'm not good enough. and, And I couldn't fill that hole. So there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And the answer is no. She has a hole that she needs to deal with. But right now, I'm an adult and it's time to take care of me. And we can have That's hard for me. I feel like sometimes I'm still like responsible like for her and my little siblings because like I said I'm the oldest so like that's that's hard for me to kind of like pull back to myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And I understand that is a challenging situation. But the crazy thing is, you're the only one who can. That's true. That's true. Um, I do have one final question for you. Um, if you could tell your 20 year old self anything or like give her advice today, like from where you are today to your 20 year old self in the past, what would you tell her? Mm, I would like to tell her that she is worthy and deserving of love and belonging. <laughs> that's so hard. Cause like as a 20 year old, like I don't think that sometimes. So that's so hard. <laughs> It can be. It can be very challenging. But until we can make that particular change, mm-hmm. loving and valuing ourselves and knowing that we are worthy of love and belonging, nothing else comes into play. That's fair. When we talk to cognitive behavioral scientists, they say that every question, every issue that we have, if you peel back all the layers, all those layers of onion and get to the very heart, the question is always... Am I lovable? And Brene Brown, she worded it a little different. She worded it as, 
feeling worthy of love and belonging or believing that you are worthy of love and belonging. They're both the same, yeah. different sides of the same coin. It's the same thing. The only thing that really makes a difference is not necessarily what we are, it's what we believe, mm -hmm. which is really crazy. And that's one of the reasons why I love your introduction where it says, little did you know that you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. That's what I try to like think of myself, but it's kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> For sure. And the more you repeat that and the more that you say that and think that and look at it, draw a picture, just an outline of a person and write those things, all those things that you feel like you are and all those things that you feel like you want to be. And then look at it and read it and think about it. And the more and more you do that, then the more your brain will start to believe it. There's that mere exposure effect. But remember, oh, man, we got to work through our shields up. Yep. <laughs> that wall up. that I've built. No, 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 no. No, because you are XYZ. That's all negative. And the more and more we repeat the positive. And that's something that we can learn how to believe. Because the truth is, you are all of those things. And you know it. <laughs> you know it. Or you would not have chosen that as your introduction. That's true. <laughs> so all these kinds of things, in order to get past those shields up, we need to repeat them. And that's why we start with something simple like, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. For there are sure. things called declarations where you tell, you know, I am this, I am that. And sometimes they start with, I am awesome. And yeah. I'm strong. And, and, and you say that and it's like, well, that's a bunch of <laughs> crap because that's, none of that's true. But if you can just start with, I am kind. I find it's easier to tell other people that than it is to tell yourself that. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Like, I can go, like, tell all my friends, oh, my God, you're so awesome. And, oh, my God, like, you look beautiful today. But then, like, when you kind of tell yourself that, that's a little bit harder. That's true. Yeah. And when it feels that way, when it feels wrong and it feels like a lie, those are those shields yeah. that need to be worked on. Because this is not a shield that is protecting the real, authentic Shelby. This is the shield that is protecting that imposter Exactly. And yeah. Imposter is stealing your confidence, stealing your happiness, and it's it's not good. We need to evict the imposter and be the authentic, real person, which is actually awesome. So, I have um, again on the Hope for Healing website yeah. at hopeforhealingfoundation.org. We have some I am posters that you can download for free. I saw those. Those are awesome. They are a wonderful place to begin. Yeah. To just, just to look at it and think. Sometimes we need words. Sometimes we need pictures. And when you combine those two, it can help create some power. And it's even better if you listen to music to just kind of kind of overwhelm that little shield that says must protect the imposter because <laughs> the imposter is very well protected. And um, and we can work on those I things. Really Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I just um, also invite people. I've written several books, and they're also, you can find those on the website, like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression. And the one message that I would love to leave with yeah. your listeners is just two parts. One, you're not alone. And the second is that there's hope for healing. 
I, I really, really appreciate that. And I'm, it feels like, honestly, like we did like our own little mini therapy session right now, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Um, I really, really appreciate that. Is there anywhere else um, besides the Hope for Healing website? Is there anywhere else my listeners can find you, like Instagram or any other socials? Absolutely. I'm on all the socials, uh, Linda's Corner Podcast. And you can find me at lindascornerpodcast.com. So. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I will definitely, I definitely want to check out your books because I'm a big reader. So I will definitely um, look those up. So yes, I just, thanks. I want to thank you for taking them. taking your Friday evening with me to um, kind of meet with me all the way across the continent. And um, I really appreciate all your help and, and your thoughts tonight. It has been a privilege. Best wishes to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. talk about for a second how amazing she is and like all of her insightful thoughts and just her experience that's insane like we all have traumatic experiences but for her to still feel comfortable enough to share that with her and or share that with us and like share it with others in hopes of getting that message about hope out is just it's so inspiring and I just love her so I'm definitely gonna go check out her books now I'm gonna order them on Amazon and take a listen to her podcast and you guys all do the same thing because that was really inspiring and really insightful so thank you guys for coming along on this journey and i can't wait to chat with you guys all next week take care guys